2: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, um, we're continuing with our series on Queer the Vote in partnership with the LGBTQ Task Force. Last month, I had the distinct pleasure and honor of attending the Creating Change conference in New Orleans and got to sit down with LGBTQ activists on the ground in battleground states and talking about the issues that are adversely affecting their lives and the lives of those that are living inside of red states. Oftentimes, you know, I think even myself can be very... I don't know, just not really recognizing that while we look at these states like Mississippi, like Florida, like Texas with their incredibly disgusting laws and we see the headlines, we don't know what it's like to live there and to live inside of a queer body and be in a space and place that has turned you, your life, and your family into targets, right? Even me, I will say this, as a Black queer woman, I am not, by virtue of looking at me, what one would say is queer or lesbian, right? Or part of the LGBTQ community. It's the reason why I offer it, you know, often. Because there are those people who do not quote-unquote pass. And there is all different types of passing in the community, right? Much in the same way that there was passing in the Black community. Much in the same way that people at one time with very Italian or Jewish last names would change their names, right, in order to assimilate and blend in. And there are some folks that can and there are some folks that can't and there are some folks that won't. But the fact is that unless you're inside of a red state, you don't know what it's like. And even in blue states, we know that just not too long ago, there was a shooting of a black queer man who was dancing to Beyonce at a gas station in Brooklyn. So while marriage equality changed Some perceptions and acceptance has risen throughout the decades. What this Republican Party is trying to do is not only turn back the clock, but eradicate LGBTQ people from day to day life. And so these conversations that we are continuing this week, I think, are really important and really illuminating and incredibly necessary. So coming up next. My conversation with activist, Gio Santiago. Folks, I am so excited to welcome to Woke AF Daily, Gio Santiago, who is the founder and CEO of Meta Center, Inc., a nonprofit organization assisting trans youth from ages 5 to 25 with all sorts of things from care packages, clothing swaps, you know, opportunities to create community parks and recreation in the state of Ohio, which, as you all know, is a battleground state um, and has been in the headlines with a lot of of ballot initiatives to restrict voting, to restrict access to abortion, to restrict dignity and respect um, for the LGBTQ community. And Gio and I are here right now at the Creating Change conference put on by the National LGBTQ Task Force in New Orleans. Gio, first, talk to me about your organization and why you founded it and what it is that people need to understand about what's happening on the ground in Ohio?
3: Yeah. So I started Meta in 2016. Um, It kind of came out of the fact that there were so many trans youth that we were seeing in the media, either attempting suicide or completing suicide and the lack of resources that there were, you know, there's LGBT centers, you know, kind of everywhere. And, you know, I live just outside of Cleveland. So there's one in Cleveland. But what we also were seeing with that was there's not a lot of youth programming that were happening at these locations. Everything was kind of centered around being an LGBTQ adult, which is amazing. But if these youth weren't even seeing themselves get there, it didn't matter if those services were available later. And so um, as a person who's a doer, um, I just had to kind of stop volunteering other places and talking about it and just create something myself. And so um, over the last almost eight years, it's been a lot of me having, like, one-on-one talks with students, family, um, schools. I go into the schools a lot. I speak um, just to, like, the GSAs, but I also speak to, like, larger classrooms or auditoriums of students. um, And just really letting people know that there are resources out there, that there's someone out there like fighting the fight with them. But more importantly, that education is key. You know, I'm also a teacher by trade. And so I feel like a lot of the problem that we're seeing not only just in Ohio, but in the nation as a whole is the lack of education Um, in general, the lack of education, but the lack of education on what it is to be a trans person and what comes with being a trans person because people are like, oh, you just did this thing and your whole life is better. And it's like, well, it's not that. And it's also not that easy. And so what we know in the narrative of things is that trans youth are only seeing the negative in the world. So they're not seeing what they can be because either no one is talking about that or they're just seeing... um, themselves be chopped down by legislators, by coaches, teachers, you know, sometimes their family. And so it's very hard for them to see the light at the end of the tunnel because nobody's telling them, here's the light, I got through it. And actually, I'm the one holding the candle or, you know, the lantern for you. So I think giving the education to people is um, something that I feel like is really important to me and, and why I do what I do in Ohio.
2: You know, I will tell you one. Um, I am an educator by trade. Um, I taught in Washington, D.C. when I lived there and then did education policy. And I believe so wholeheartedly in education. And I do believe that education is key to personal empowerment, to success, whatever success looks like for you, which is why you have the Republican Party in different states Um working so hard to erase public education, right. to ban books, to deny access to critical thought, which yes. is essentially what they're trying to do. And I think that as it pertains to the trans community in particular, and to trans youth, why do you think that they, and when I say they, MAGA Supremists, the Republican Party, that they have decided that this is the group that they're going after, that it is Young people who want to play on sports teams, which we know that if you talk to, you know, therapists and sociologists that they will tell you, you know, what's important building community. Right. Right. Um, why do you think that they've made this group?
3: I think um, it's two reasons. The first one is it's some internalized homophobia, transphobia. Come on. You know, um, you hate who you are. Yep. Sometimes. So it's that projection, you know, because what we see even with um, folks who are um, lesbian or gay and and more on the side of gay, you know, uh, these politicians are, you know, so negative and homophobic, but then they're the first ones to be caught in a hotel room with a man. So it's like you were projecting. And so I think it's a little bit of that. Um, And then I think it is they saw trans youth and trans people as an easy target. And so it was like, nobody cares about them because of X, Y, and Z. So we can pick on this easy target. And what they didn't know was that they were wrong with that. Um, But, you know, that ideology of white supremacy and just privilege in itself, um, first off, makes people go mad. And so they're living in their own vicious cycle. And again, it's like, okay, but I know that I'm better than you, whether it's because I'm white, whether it's because I am middle-class or because I am male identified. And it's like, and I see you as less than. So again, that just makes folks in their mind an easy target. And I think that's what's happening. And so then you have one monkey that runs the show that's talking and squawking the loudest that makes all the other monkeys in the zoo Crazy. That's something that we just see. And that's exactly what is now happening in public policy.
2: Oh, that is so right. We are so locked inside of the zoo.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living,
4: What makes
2: me really concerned um, about where we are is that I had felt for quite some time that we as members of the LGBTQ community were making a considerable amount of progress. That things were actually looking up, right? We had gone from the early 2000s of it gets better Mm -hmm. to now you can get married to now you can be a member of uh, a cabinet member of an administration, mm-hmm. right? That there was progress that was happening. I feel a sense of darkness.
3: Can I interject yes. and ask? Okay. Um, was that progress for black trans women?
2: So this is- the It was th- not, so, so, th- right. and, uh, so, that, so that's the thing mm-hmm. is that we see these markers Right. Right. It's kind of like saying, well, I got into the Ivy League school. Right. Right. Is that the only marker of success? And like, how are we actually measuring success? So I appreciate that response. So
3: if you look at all of those things and see who it matters to, most of that has no bearing on the life of a black trans woman. Okay, so you can get married, but am I going to be murdered? Oh, I can get into this school. Can I? Can I really? Because when they see me, they're going to see that I'm a black trans woman. So if I am not someone who, quote unquote, aesthetically passes, then it doesn't matter. So all of these things that were seen as markers, and I think we all in the movement fell victim to thinking that we were moving towards some success so there's no shade to anyone who even still thinks that but when you really boil it down if we're thinking about the most marginalized of those of us who are marginalized which is black trans women if all of these things that are counted as success markers still don't help them then we're not ever getting there and i think that's that's what it was it was like you know again the thing that really happened was people in the movement started to take a look at some of that. And some of us are like, wait a minute, this actually is not reading for us because especially trans people, like I could get married because my documents say I was a male. So it didn't matter if marriage equality passed because that no longer affected my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think we see these almost superficial markers as success when it's can everyone have health care can trans people even if they have health care go to the doctor and still not be categorized as this thing you know and have the broken arm syndrome and I don't know if folks know what that is but that is like a trans person goes to the doctor with a broken arm and they're like okay but this happened because you're trans you're like no it happened because I fell off the back of the truck like my arm is broken me being trans has nothing to do with you setting my arm. So yeah, all of these other things. But if this this thing that we're looking for to make people like actually a human person, Mm -hmm. actually valued in society um, are not happening for again, those of us that are the most marginalized of the marginalized, then it's really not success.
2: That is so valid. Because I feel like I have these conversations a lot And I think that we are socialized into believing in these outside societal markers of what it means to advance and progress, right? What it means to pass, right? right? And so I'm like, then do you think that as a movement, we're still inside of that trap where it's like, well... You have Pete Buttigieg is the secretary of transportation, and you have this, uh, you know, person that is leading something really important. And you know, you can point to, oh, well, so and so just won an Emmy, mm-hmm. right? Like, but when you drill it down, it's like, are our markers of success aligned with what real people actually need as a movement?
3: No, and even a lot of that, you look at. A lot of those people and a lot of that success, and they're white. Mm-hmm. So, first off, in the movement, there's still a lot of racial disparities that that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. But that is a part of the problem because success is lumped in together. What success is for me as a black trans man is not the same success for a black film lesbian woman, or a white trans man, or a white trans woman, or a black trans woman. And so instead of the narrative of this blanket success, what really needs to be talked about is like, the ability to have success in whatever, like you said, success looks like for you. And that's not the conversations we're having because we're just always moving towards this one marker of what we deem as success at the time. and it's not helpful for us because again, what I need is not the same as what you need. And we know obviously you're never gonna please everyone, but at the same token, pockets of success would be better. Like, okay, we need, you know, really to like have success defined in this role for this person or this, you know, um, uh, identity of folks and, and this other way, because like, yeah, Pete Buttigieg is gay, but I didn't vote for him and I wouldn't have voted for him just because he was gay. And that's the thing. Like people are like, Oh, okay, but he's in the community, but I'm like, whose community? And he's not in my community. And so, you know, it's again, no shade, but he's like, that's not a reflection of me as a black trans man. And so, um, I think about things like that and it's like, yeah, but again, it's not helpful to me and that's not helpful for the movement and the movement itself is still being stifled by white people
2: Mm -hmm. you know because I I I think about it and it's funny and I'm gonna say this to you and I don't think I've ever said it on the show which is that I was one of the faces and voices around marriage equality Mm -hmm. right and you know and it was and when I look back now in time what is this like now 10 um, you tell almost 10 eight, 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 15, eight, I mean, yeah 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 so, so we're, we're looking at almost 10 mm-hmm. years right like so so nine years i'm looking back and i'm thinking to my and i am embarrassed by some of the things that i've said um because be and i say embarrassed because it was very much assimilationist mm-hmm. language mm-hmm. right it was very much convincing um straight people that like oh we are just like you right When now, nine, 10 years later, I'm like, no, actually, we're not not." just fucking like you. (laughs) Right. And Uh that should be okay. Yeah. That that shouldn't Mm -hmm. that shouldn't then relegate me to a place that doesn't have you provide me with dignity and respect. Right. Like I shouldn't have to be just like you and you shouldn't have to know me Mm -hmm. in order to. And I feel like, but that has been the consistent model. It was a model in the civil, in parts mm-hmm. of the civil rights movement. It yeah. was a model in the women's movement. Like mm-hmm. we can do anything men can do, right. you know, for for cis for cis women. Like it was all of that. And so I just wonder now, in hindsight, me, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, so that wasn't it.
3: But okay, first let me say, do not hold any embarrassment. Let me say that on air because there's no like hindsight is 2020. We know, yeah. The good thing is you learned from that. And that's what I think is the problem. People are not looking back 10 years ago and being like, ooh, that actually doesn't work now. Right. It's fine because it worked then. Right, it was, what right. was necessary. Yeah. So there's no shame in that because it worked then and that does not make it not factual just because it doesn't resonate now. The difference is people recycle this stuff so much without looking at the fact that it is not the same now. So what happened almost 10 years ago for marriage equality is not the same for the trans rights movement and it's not the same for, you know, um, advancing youth. And so there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to like take what you know and take what did work and be like, OK, parts of that worked. How do we reframe it? How do we fix it? And that's not what's happening. And I don't think it's what's happening in the movement. I think stuff is just being recycled, maybe with a different face out there in front.
2: Let's talk about recycling for a minute, because as we are go, as we are now in 2024 in the presidential election, what have we recycled? The two people that are yeah. going to be uh, running for the, the presidency. We know Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. Whether or not the man is found guilty, indicted, doesn't matter. Like he said, if he shot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, doesn't matter. That's mm-hmm. their guy. And then we have Joe Biden. Mm-hmm which has become, in a lot of ways, a complicated character over the last several months mm-hmm. that people are not down with. And right. it's a not, And I've said this on my show and other shows, Biden was not my first choice in, mm-hmm. in 2020, second, third, or fourth, <laughs> or fifth choice, right? But I did vote for him right. when the time came around. What are your thoughts about the recycling, mm-hmm. right, that we're doing, and also the apathy that mm-hmm. people have in voting in 2024?
3: Well, I think the problem is people get mad at the wrong
4: times.
3: (laughs) You know, like, oh, the two-party system sucks. Okay, first off, we already knew that. But nobody cares to hear it the day after the election. You should have been saying this the whole time and actually putting action to those words. And I'm not saying that people don't, but... The banding together of it is what is not. Obviously, we know the government is what it is. And so they're wanting to hold strong to this two-party system because it fits their narrative. But if we're fighting, like legitimately fighting the fight consistently for it not to be a two-party system, we might would be somewhere. You can't just get mad for three months after the election that you didn't like either candidate. Y'all voted for Harambe the gorilla, mm-hmm. Like some dummies. I was a Hillary. I don't care. I'll say it on any part. Po- I was a Secretary Clinton through and through. Because what Bill Clinton did wasn't her problem. Mm-hmm. And what they said she did. who I don't know who's perfect. None of us. Um, and we've all had to smile on somebody's face we didn't like. Um, because conformity is the thing. And at the end of the day, she was still a woman. So they were never... Going to put her in there after a black man, no matter how much I wanted it. So like we have to think about that and we have to think about how at the end of the day, if you're not campaigning appropriately to run for office or supporting those who are running for office in an appropriate way, then we're just going to keep getting Joe Bidens and Donald Trumps. And it's of no fault of anyone's but our own. Because we have to really find a way to overthrow the the system from the inside in, and not the outside. Because we clearly know that that doesn't work. So, if you don't like it, then run for office, and then keep running for office. Okay, you've you've won city council. Now you run for mayor. Now you run for the state house. Now you run for the you know. And like we obviously we saw like a very large uptick in. Black and brown folks being elected, queer folks being elected, being elected and being the voters that are, you know, um, really empowering the other voters is not the same thing. Because we've also seen, you know, where people get in positions and forget who they are or forget where they came from or forget who they're actually there to um, be in service to. Um, and and so then we stay in the same predicament. So this has to be a continuous movement a continuous fight on a three-party system or opening up to it all being you know individuals and independents but we can't just be mad after after the election for three months and then you forget about it you know and you can't be like well my vote doesn't matter okay well then if you don't then we're gonna get the same thing again so and even if you do then you do that with your anger, and then you actually put action behind it in the fight. I mean, Joe was my first one because I was like, what else is happening here? Right. I, What am I going to do with this? And I heard about you two weeks ago. And, and again, I think it's, we're not cross-promoting enough. We're not talking about other candidates enough. And when we do, it's so little, so late, because I think also what people don't think about is um, every state's voting laws is different. Yeah. So you can vote this day in Michigan. That's not the same as when you can vote in Ohio. And that's not the same deadline as when you can register to vote. So if we're only talking about people and things two and three weeks before presidential elections, well, some of these people's cycles of being able to register or being able to switch their ballots – have since passed because it's not a continuum. It's like that I'm ang- I'm angry in in the moment and not for for the whole time.
2: Yeah, I mean, Gio, you you make so much sense and everything that you're saying is right. Which is that you know I I I battle sometimes, right? I've been inside, I've been outside. You know, I I've never been on the sidelines though, right? And that and and that is the thing is that. When people say, you know, I don't care about politics, you know, I don't talk about politics, you know, there 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 was a woman in here, uh, you know, in an interview before Sarah Parker, who said, you know, you don't care about politics. Politics sure as hell cares about you.
3: That's the truth.
2: You know? So mm-hmm. you don't wanna you don't wanna do anything about it. They go and do something about you. And I think that, that that to me is the message that people need to take home, which is that, you know, we don't get to like everything. Right. Right. And, you know, and I may not uh, love Joe Biden. I may not even like him right now, mm-hmm. um, but he is the choice that we have between that or fascism. Right. So what are you going to choose? Gio, please tell people how they can find out more about your organization, how they can support your organization.
3: Yes, um- you can go to www.meta, M-E-T-A, um, I am a one man show uh, funded out of my own pocket. So we love a donation to help the youth. Um, also, we ha- we're on social media with the same name everywhere. Um, but yeah, I just think the state of Ohio needs as much support as it can get right now um, because trans youth, trans adults, LGBTQ people in general are under attack um, because the state legislator has created a problem and then created a solution to their own problem. And, you know, um, we live in Ohio because we have to fight the fight. And if we leave, then who's gonna do it? So support those of us who are in the state of Ohio fighting it out right now.
2: Appreciate you. Thank you so much for making the time for WCAF.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me.